Welcome to the 1000 Hours Outside Podcast. This is the coolest thing. I am actually in a live podcast recording at Grand Canyon University in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. I'm sitting across a table from Dylan Minter. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jenny. Super excited to be here at Grand Canyon University. We have had a great time with our five kids, and it's been just a wonderful experience. The campus is beautiful, and the students are so engaged. It's been a really neat experience for our family to see, and they have these incredible podcast recording options and studios. We're in actually a thing called a whisper room and have an actual microphone. I mean, this is legit, isn't it, Dylan? (laughs) Yeah, it's my first time actually being up in this room. It's awesome. Yeah, and this is my first time doing a face-to-face podcast, so it's cool to do new things. Mm, Have you been on a podcast before? I have just a couple of smaller ones, yep. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks for being here. So, Dylan, you are a senior trip guide for the Grand Canyon University Outdoor Recreation Program, and I just was so impressed by the students here that no one's on their phones. You know, you're walking around, and people are on their skateboards, and they're on their scooters, and they're buzzing around, and they're talking to each other, and it's a really engaged atmosphere, and surprising, it almost feels like I've stepped back 10 years in time. It's really neat to see. And one thing that I was super interested was the outdoor recreation program. We saw your rock climbing wall inside Mm -hmm. and interested because it seems like it would be hard as a student to balance technology, college, Mm -hmm. classes, homework, all these things work. And you are also really valuing getting outside and building connections. So I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about your story and maybe how you ended up at GCU and how you ended up in part of this outdoor recreation program. Yeah, totally. I would probably start with graduating high school. I feel like it's a big transition in my life. And I went over to New Zealand for two years. So I was studying the Bible over there through a ministry called Torchbearers International. And I was from Oregon originally, so I kind of grew up in the outdoors, but it was nothing I took too seriously. I did a little bit of Boy Scouts here and there and stuff, but um, I was mostly just a team sports athlete. And then when I went over there, I wanted to make the most of my time there. And so Mm -hmm. I spent pretty much every weekend either surfing or hiking or doing adventures. And I fell in love in a way that was more than just hobbies. It was something I started seeing myself wanted to do long-term and learn how to guide. Um, and part of my program there was an adventure Bible school, and I did basically six weeks straight of different adventures like kayaking and caving, and uh, we never knew wow. what we were going to do when we woke up. We would just wake up, they give us something to pack, and then we, based on the packing list, we would know, oh, I've got two pairs of underwear, so that means two days out, <laughs> you know? So Wow. Um, yeah, really in the deep end of adventure and in a really cool part of the world um, mm-hmm. that I'd really recommend. And then after all that time, I decided to still go and pursue a degree because it was kind of a gap year type of thing mm-hmm. that turned into two gap years. Yeah, which I've heard, <laughs> I've heard amazing things about gap year. Yeah, uh, I really I could talk for a whole podcast on it. It's definitely something that I would recommend um, considering for your mm-hmm. kids. Um, it was just really transformative for me. Learned a lot about myself, a lot about God, um, which I think those things go hand in hand. And, mm-hmm. and then I, um, yeah, so I actually had this kind of last trip when I came back to the States with some friends from that program in Canada and we went on an eight day backpacking trip. And then I had a really crazy itinerary to get to Phoenix for my first classes, my first week Mm -hmm. of school. So that was the last thing I did before I came here. And so I was kind of in that mode. And then quickly when I got on campus, they basically the first week at GCU, they market about a million things to you. Everyone's trying to grab your attention in time because as a freshman, you actually have a lot of free time and you have all this freedom that you didn't have when you were at home. 
Mm-hmm. You have like you're only in class for about 10 hours a week. Right. And then you have all this time to fill. And so I was one of those people that wanted to do everything. And mm-hmm. that's pretty that's a pretty normal freshman experience. But the outdoor program was something fresh in my mind because I'd been doing a lot of that kind of stuff. Right. And so I quickly wanted to get involved. I had some friends that I made on the team and then they started inviting me on their trips wow. and they were at cost. It was really awesome. We'd pay like 30 bucks for a whole weekend backpacking trip, 45, something like that. Wow. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, I didn't have a car at the time. So all these opportunities to get outside and start exploring a state that I really haven't spent much time in mm-hmm. prior to Where are you to from years. originally? I'm from Oregon. So Okay. So this is a new, come to a new state. Yeah. And I, I have family down here, but I haven't really been down here that much until mm-hmm. the last few years. Um, but that's definitely changed. I've seen a lot of this since I've been right. part of the program. But I, I really lucked out with uh, the trips I went on because I actually got onto a trip with our managers and we got to hang out for three days in Utah backpacking mm-hmm. and everyone else was guides because they all wanted to do this trip so bad they just signed up for it. So yeah. it ended up being me and a bunch of guides and the managers. And so I had lots of time to get to know them before the interview process in January, which we're actually going through as a program right, right, right now. Right, right now. Right. Yeah. I saw that you're hiring a guide and a media guide. Yeah, we we have like 15 of us graduating. So one wow. of the biggest turnovers we've ever had as a program. Um, Explain the program a little bit. Sure. So you yeah. talk about managers and you have a lot of things that you offer, even rental equipment. Yeah, totally. So I ended up getting on the program and our program when I started was about 20 guides. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually had the pandemic hit right when I got on the team. So oh, yeah. outdoor rec looks a little different when you can't go off campus. You can't mm-hmm. have people in groups of bigger than 10. Right. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't really outdoor rec for a year. We were creative, but now our program is back in business and we run about 100 trips a year. And we what? go to the five surrounding states. We go to California wow. and Colorado and Nevada and uh, Arizona, of course. And it's just awesome. We we uh, get to do all sorts of different things. Our guide team is trained in the kind of the basics of like mm-hmm. backpacking, hiking, and like stand-up paddle boards. Um, Tell me about that training. What does that look like? Yeah. So we get back here way earlier than the rest of the students back in August. Okay. And the first thing that we do is we get certified in wilderness first response. Mm-hmm. So we're all like what's called a woofer. And basically we're trained to keep people alive for three to four days if they, something was to happen to them. And do wow. things like reduce dislocations and like administer EpiPens and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, CPR. Yeah. So we get trained in that. And then we get trained in basically every type of trip we do. We go on a trip ourselves with each other mm-hmm. and we get to like paddleboard somewhere in camp. Oh, yeah. And then we go on a backpacking trip. And so that training season is one of those p- fun parts because mm-hmm. our team is normally spread out. Like I only get to see them every once in a while yeah. as a whole. But we get to spend basically a month together just adventuring wow. before we start running our program for the year. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that's really neat about GCU and that I've seen in person is that so many things are student-led. And Mm -hmm. when you step into it, so for example, yesterday we took our kids through the theater. And you see that they've got this model, this small model of what the stage is going to look like that the play is coming next week. So Mm -hmm. we've got this small model and then there's a bunch of, there's a whole team up on the stage and they're using foam and then they're going to, he said they're going to put goo on top and the goo's going to harden. They're going to paint it. It's going to look like a hill. And then Outside, there's these huge poles that are painted, and then we walked and saw they're sewing the costumes. So when you look at these things, you really realize how many skills are involved Mm -hmm. in planning and wilderness response and just the social aspect of it. And Mm -hmm. even the media guide I saw was one of the positions that you're hiring for. So I saw on Instagram, even within your pictures from 2020 and then moving through, Mm -hmm. that you see that change. Uh, This is someone who it looks professional. Totally. And, it, and they it look really incredible. Yeah. yeah. And you have people that are making videos and all sorts of things. And so mm-hmm. what's the student part and what is the staff part of an outdoor recreation program look like? 
Sure. Yeah. Well, so in in a broader sense, GCU has a really unique thing going on called student leadership. And mm-hmm. basically, I mean, other schools have RAs in their resident halls and stuff, but we have about a thousand, I don't remember the numbers now, but about a thousand leaders doing things like um, like local ministries. And they also do outdoor recreation. We have a bunch of people on murals, like intramural sports. Mm-hmm. Um, we have life leaders, like everyone's got uh, an opportunity to go into a Bible study in their in their dorm hall. Mm-hmm. And so after all those positions are added up, there's a thousand something student wow. leaders. And basically it's just a way for them to get entry level leadership opportunities. Mm-hmm. And our program is no different. We don't expect people to come in being experts in the outdoors. They, they definitely um, will come in with different levels of experience. We have a lot of people from Colorado. That's just kind of like a, a merit point for them. You know? mm-hmm. um, but as far as what we do, we plan the trip basically from um, – from the ground up. And so the we, students do. Yeah. And wow. the management is part of the permitting process and all of that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of their role is to assign trips and then to help us coordinate um, mm-hmm. stuff like the vans. We actually share vans with student athletes and a couple okay. other programs. Well, there are so. a lot of details, I would imagine. Totally. This is yeah. food. Where are people going to stay? How are yep. you going to get there? Minimum numbers of people. Yeah. And then one of the benefits is that you can reduce costs because you have a group price. Yeah, totally. And we we actually make things at cost. And GCU probably takes a hit in a sense because we wow. basically just cover gas and food. And then we're fully guided, which if you were to pay for a guided trip, wow. normally it would be right. like they would be paying a lot more. And so mm-hmm. we are getting scholarship money as student leaders. And then the students are coming for pretty like reasonable prices. It would be hard for them to do especially some of the things where you need stuff like paddle boards or kayaks. Yes. They just wouldn't be able to do that easily. Sure. Um, and yeah, we feed them. We account for all the different special diets. We have wow. a pre-trip meeting for them. So we communicate to them beforehand. I saw that. It's like yeah. mandatory. Yeah, yeah it's sure. definitely mandatory because I've had trips where we were on a trip and it started raining and someone said, what's a rain jacket? They asked me what a rain jacket was while we were getting rained rain. on. And right. so that's it's really important for them to be there. I think mm-hmm. that person wasn't there um, for the pre-trip meeting, but. Yeah, we, we basically get to do a lot of uh, logistics, and then we actually mm-hmm. get to guide and just hang out in the wilderness wow. for a few days together. Okay, so you said you're graduating, mm-hmm. and there's 15 or so from your program that are graduating. Yeah. Over the past several years, what's been a trip that really stands out to you? Yeah, I get this question a lot from students, and it's really hard for me to answer, but I've had to come up with answers. Um, and I would say, like, we do so many different types of trips. I've really gotten into mm. rock climbing during college. And we get to go to Red Rocks, Nevada once a year. We're actually going next month. And it's where a lot of the climbing pros like live because wow. it's the best rocks around. And What makes rocks the best rocks? Yeah, so there's different – you can get really nerdy about it. But basically, there's a type of sandstone that's really grippy and mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt. Whereas some places like oh. Joshua Tree, California has granite. And granite is like painful. Like I come back from those trips and my hands hurt. But um, this one is like grippy and it and it makes you feel like you're better at climbing. Honestly, it's kind of like a <laughs> ego boost. Um, yeah. But it's also beautiful um, country and there's there's a lot of good climbing there. It's really well established parks. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah. then how many trips do you have left? Uh, so, yeah, I, I actually lose track a lot, but I think I probably have seven or eight left this semester. Wow. I typically do about 25 a year. So That's incredible. Yeah. So seven or eight left. And then post-college, mm-hmm. what are your plans to – well, are you planning on going into this? Yeah. So part of that story, when I first got on the team, I interviewed um, with the company also through Young Life, which is a ministry, kind of global ministry. And they have a mountaineering program in Canada that they ran. And that was just during the pandemic when I got hired with them. Mm-hmm. And so I had to wait a bit. But I'm actually going up for my second summer – to British Columbia, and we're wow. going to be mountaineering 
on an inlet that's just off the coast of yes. the west coast of Canada. And so I'll be doing that for the summer. And then after that, um, I'm actually probably going to return to the Bible school I was at in New Zealand. That's the plan. Wow. And okay. they have that adventure program. And so they've, they've given me a chance possibly to join the team. So Wow, that's yeah. incredible. So you're going to continue on. I have been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs when my immune system feels unsupported. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and ready to face the day. As a parent, longevity is on my mind more than ever before. I want to make sure I'm taking really good care of myself so I can continue to show up for the moments that matter with my kids. Every day, AG1 helps me build long-term health with daily nutrients that support brain, gut, and immune health. All it takes is one scoop a day, and I'm setting myself up for the long run. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash 1000. That's drinkag1.com slash 1000. Check it out. Everyone wants to start their year off on the right foot. And for me, that means making sure I'm eating well and have enough energy to do everything I want to do. But I'm not going to run to the butcher every day to get a fresh cut of quality meat. That's why Good Chop is such a lifesaver for our family. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood delivered to your door on your schedule. Their products are vacuum sealed and frozen at peak freshness. So you can stock your freezer and cook when you want. We had a somewhat last-minute get-together recently, and it was so incredibly convenient to just head to the freezer and pull out a couple bags of Good Chops hamburger patties to whip up some burgers quickly. They were so delicious. Besides being delicious, it's important to know it won't cost you a fortune either. Good Chops' price per meal starts at just $3.74. Go to goodchop.com outside120 and use code OUTSIDE120 to get $120 off across your first four boxes. That's code outside120 at goodchop.com slash outside120 for $120 off. Goodchop.com slash outside120 code outside120. Totally. Do you think that this provides a foundation for, because what I really loved about when I was looking through the different types of trips is so many of them said, any level you mm -hmm. can be a complete beginner you can come on a ski trip and you've never yeah. skied before right. you can come on like you said you can come on a trip and not know what a rain jacket is sure do you find that this sets a foundation for heading into adult life and continuing to adventure or to look for adventure yeah absolutely i think the barrier to entry for a lot of outdoor activities mm -hmm. is that people are intimidated by someone who looks like they know like i people get intimidated by me because they think i've just always known how to do this stuff mm -hmm. and it's been a slow process and i've been right. engaging in it throughout college and before. And so um, it's something that I'm really like excited about is teaching people basic mm -hmm. stuff, like how to start a fire, 
Yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and like what it looks like to cook outside and like right. all the different things you have to think about. So. Right. Well, yeah. even I thought I looked at pictures of your rental area, mm-hmm. which I need to go in there before we leave. Cause yeah, it's I kind can of take close to the, to the entrance. Sure. Yeah. So I looked at the right and you've got sleeping bags that are hanging up. And I actually even thought I looked through the list of things like a zero degree bag and a 20 degree bag. And so even just walking in there mm-hmm. would give you a sense of the different types of things that you offer cooking equipment. And mm-hmm. so do you know the history of that? I mean, what a cool idea to have that stuff to be able to rent yeah and you can we can totally talk to the management but we've been around for eight years and so that's it yeah only eight years so our manager's done a really good job of um developing the program he actually wasn't super into the outdoor world either when he started Mm -hmm. this but he was good at starting things and he was really organized at like initiating and so he's just dreamed stuff up and we've been basically tweaking the program every year and stuff, even since I've been on the team for the last three years, has been getting better and better, wow. which is really exciting. You, you kind of hit the ceiling and then people are like innovative and we figure out yeah. new ways to make it better. Yeah. And right now, one of our biggest uh, like things holding us back is the vehicles. Like We just don't have enough access to vehicles. And so we, we could hire more guides and more management, but we just need wow. more, more ways to drive around. Wow, the program could be bigger. Yeah, our, oh, our uh, wow. the amount of trips that people are um, like joining, like our roster fulfillment rates somewhere in the 90 percentile. So every trip is full within a few seconds of it being released. We release them a month out, so. Wow, yeah. so people have to be on top of it. Totally. So I was gonna ask, and I guess this doesn't even apply then, because you offer, it's a, I looked through the different things, it's camping, backpacking, Mm-hmm. Extreme backpacking, I saw that. Yep. Canyoneering, caving, climbing trips, skiing, snowboarding, hiking, paddling, horseback riding, outdoor painting. I mean, there's a really, it runs a gamut to spiritual retreats, spring break trips, wilderness medicine, yoga, disc golf, even stuff that's here right on campus. That's right, yeah. So are there certain ones that are the most popular or like you just said, they all kind of fill up quickly? Yeah, well, there definitely is ones that, like, we have one surf trip a year as of right now because it's surfing's five hours away from oh. us. So so we go to Doheny, um, which is in San Clemente, California, mm-hmm. and that trip fills up in about one second at wow. midnight when we release it, and about a 200 people try to sign up for it. So, wow. yeah, it, I got so to leave it. it actually a couple years ago, and that one that one was really fun. That's the yeah. one. That's incredible. Yeah. And I saw that there was a lot of hiking trips. Like, certain ones mm-hmm. there was more, and certain ones that there was less, whitewater yep. rafting. I mean, this is incredible. Even outdoor painting. How fun would that be? We've yeah. been to Slide Rock. Totally. And they actually go, I, I've never been part of it. I'm not much of a painter, mm-hmm. but we have a fall colors trip where we go up to Flagstaff, and a bunch of people paint these trees that turn, <sighs> like, a really cool gold. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I I've always like appreciated the pictures of it. Yeah, I would never be able to replicate it with a. Yeah, me neither. Brush, me but, neither. Right. But that's a really neat thing, though, because if you think about outdoor recreation and you're thinking of extreme sports and extreme backpacking, and mm. then also you offer painting trips and you offer yeah. a hammock bingo. Yeah, hammock that, bingo. That I want to play hammock bingo. If any uh, students end up finding this podcast, hammock bingo is a hack of our trips because you get to show up and you pretty much win something automatically. And not that many people show up, so you just get to come and get free gear. So tell us. I mean, it is just what it sounds like. You sit in your hammock and you play bingo. This was an invention of our pandemic creativity phase. Like I said, (laughs) we we couldn't really do a lot of things, but you can hammock six feet apart from each other. And then you can just drop a prize off and let someone come and grab it. So Yes. (laughs) So that was one of our I saw that you guys had cool prizes. And then other things on campus, Slackline Workshop, Intro to Scuba, all sorts of things. I was really impressed because... I saw with the guides, you know, you're talking about 12 to 15 trips per year. Is that correct? That you're um, guiding? It really depends more? on the guides. I actually, um, because I'm a senior trip guide, I'm like, we have to have one of, there's four or five of us and mm-hmm. one of us has to be on every trip. 
Okay. And so I'm on about 23 to 25. We actually had a like one media guide drop, and so we all of our media guides are kind of swamped this year because we want wow. people to take pictures on every trip. Yeah, Students, tell us about the media guide. I thought this was really cool too because this is awesome. This yeah. is an amazing skill set that you come away from, and the stuff looks phenomenal. Yeah, like another aspect of our trips is that we have people basically capture the adventure for the students, and so someone signing up knowing that they're probably going to get some awesome pictures of them mm-hmm. doing whatever we're doing, you know, like rock climbing or hiking through oh, a slot yes. canyon. yes. I mean, and seriously, that's awesome. Yeah. Because when do you get that? Yeah. I have no pictures of myself. Oh, I know. My parents are so jealous. My They're like, you, you've gotten your entire <laughs> life captured, and, and it's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, your most amazing adventures. Totally. And it make, it's awesome for me because I can recap them, and a lot of people are starting to make reels, and I, I think mm-hmm. you liked one of those ones that I, I posted, and it's been awesome to, to capture those adventures for people, and then they get even excited when they get home because yeah. they get to remember all the stuff they just did. Yeah. Tell me about managing your time, because I just remember college as being a time that was pretty overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I graduated, it was amazing because, like you know, it's it's like you have all these things that you're juggling, and then all of a sudden you graduate, and you drop the entire school component. It's like the most amazing thing ever. Oh, totally. And all of a sudden you're working. It's just a crazy time where you're trying to juggle all these things. So yeah. how are you managing to get in all these trips? How are the, And how are the other students managing to get in trips and still do their homework? Mm-hmm. Um, is it something that they're just really prioritizing, or is it is it a big struggle? Sure. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing with our program is that it actually is a good motivator to get your stuff done before the yeah. weekend. And so you can just unplug. And students don't always do that. Sometimes they come home stressed about their papers. Everything's due Sunday nights at GCU, oh. which is honestly okay. unfortunate because it's for us, we do all of our stuff on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So proactivity is probably my biggest friend, you know, with mm-hmm. that. And um, it doesn't mean I'm always good at it. Right. But I, I definitely try to get things done so I can really just be present on a trip. Yeah. And then for students, it's uh, I tell them oftentimes they're paying for a good nap because we sacrifice sleep for yes. – <laughs> for everything else. And one of the things that I love about our program is that we get to basically give retreats to students that won't give them to themselves. Wow. And so they might think they're just signing up to go backpacking, but really they're actually getting to retreat into um, like a restful weekend with yeah. new, maybe new friends, maybe some friends they have. Mm-hmm. I saw you write about yeah. that. I thought that was a really cool part. Uh, one of our most popular podcasts has been around this concept called micro adventures hmm. with this National Geographic explorer. His name is Alistair Humphreys. Oh, but yeah. he um, he's done all these huge adventures. He's biked around the entire world. Wow. He's rode a boat across the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. It was really big adventures. But his whole mission is to bring that sense of adventure to your everyday life. Like, how can you do that? And so he talks about just the short things. And it's really inspired us to look at smaller snippets of time, even an hour here Mm. or two hours there or a quick weekend where it seems like, how could that really make much of a difference? And also you are. You're sacrificing some sleep. But by putting in that extra energy, I think you become more alive. Yeah. And so that's what I thought I found from your trips, too, is that a lot of them are fairly quick. Mm-hmm. But you're coming back really yeah. refreshed with these deeper relationships and so many options of things to do. It's really a fantastic thing. Okay, so one of the things that you talked about was delayed gratification and type two fun. Yeah. So tell us about that. Sure. It probably comes out less in the GCU program than it does in the Canada mountaineering stuff mm-hmm. because the idea of type one fun is like a board game. You're having fun during it, unless you're losing, of course. But um, <laughs> sure. But it's just fun right there. And and then type two fun is this idea where you have to kind of reflect on it before you decide if it was fun. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned this type of fun is much more gratifying, but it's like you have to earn it, right? Like I don't enjoy the grinding part of uh like of backpacking straight uphill. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of the stuff I do in Canada, we go straight up. And, wow. And it's you're you're carrying 
about 50 pounds. And so you really feel it after just a few seconds. You can't go fast and um, you're huffing and puffing the whole way. But when you get up there and you get to see like just glorious views, then mm-hmm. it's it's like a deeper type of like satisfaction than any like, you know, just quick, quick fix. Yeah. Yeah. yeah scrolling through your phone. Even pulling off to the side of the road and looking at a view wow. is not the same. Like the view just doesn't seem the same as when you took a couple mm. of days to hike up to it. And it's immersive. Yeah. You guys have done Grand Canyon, things like that. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Mm-hmm. You said you spent roughly 100 nights in a sleeping bag this year. That was, yeah, 2022 was my record, I think. And I might break it this year, depending. So <laughs> That's incredible. That's a cool thing to I wouldn't say it's a lifestyle of. for everyone, but I am pretty proud of, of that. Cause that's it, like it's every awesome. third night, Yeah, you know, on average. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a crazy year. And, yeah. And I can't deny that. But I think it's become a rhythm of my life, which is mm-hmm. really cool. I don't expect everyone to have that. Right. But to me, it's it actually is like a really, like soul-filling thing to yeah. be outside and even to like sleep in my hammock or just like wow. sl- we actually would sleep on a dock at, at the camp in Canada mm-hmm. and just waking up to stars right in your face like if you make wake up in the middle of the night mm-hmm. it's a little better than than a ceiling fan you know wow even yeah. this when talking about the micro adventures Alistair would talk about sure. he talks about the nine to five um is like your work day and then the five to like what are you doing with your five to nine mm. is what he would talk about and i originally thought that was like oh the evening time five to nine but he's actually talking about like five till nine the next morning oh, and yeah. he'll go and he'll go sleep out on a hill sure. and wake up yeah. and jump in the creek and then go to work he yeah. goes and i go to work i smell like wood smoke and a fire and i'm all wet from the river and you know it's like things that people don't do but it makes yeah. you think well maybe i could do that well, yeah, and I mean, for kids, like, you could totally just have them camp outside, and yes. it's not a lot of work for you. You just set up a tent or make like sure after it's not going to rain. And then, Think about your five to nine. Like, yeah, yeah go and out they, and have a little and camp And to out. them, it's an adventure, and, and mm-hmm. uh, you, uh, that's one of the things that I've learned over the time. Like, I, I have definitely grown a tolerance for more extreme stuff, mm-hmm. but everyone's at a different place in adventure. and. Right. And for some people, that might be just going to a camp and like staying at a nice lodging kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's an adventure to them. Right. Whereas it kind of takes a little bit more for me to hit that threshold. Right. And the goal isn't always to like be way out of your comfort sure. zone. Sure. But just a little bit of a different change of, of place and a change of pace mm-hmm. is really impactful. Yeah. Wow. I loved what you had said. There was um, you're a really good writer. And I know Thanks. that's one of the things that you're interested in is pairing in this outdoor time and mm-hmm. creation and writing. And one of the things that you had said is, isn't it odd with our abundance of stuff and our endless supply of information, we seem to be experiencing a culture wide case of low grade anxiety. Mm. That's really profound. Yeah. I Well, I've actually experienced that through through like just doing life with students down here, too. Mm-hmm. And and personal experience, I think. A lot of our anxiousness comes from this kind of need to fill all silence with with noise, you know. Mm. And so, yeah, I've, I've, there's some really good reads on that that have impacted me. It's not just my words. I like to copy people, mm-hmm. but I think I think a lot of good ideas are taken from other people and kind of mixed together. Right? Mixed together with your own experience but, and the things that you've done. But totally, yeah. I guess one book shout out I would say is this book um, called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. It's by mm. a pastor named John Mark Comer, um, actually from wow. my hometown. And it's about how, like, his his thesis is that we, like, one of the biggest problems in our society is that we are super hurried, you know? And he, he uses examples like, which line do you go to in the grocery store? The shortest one that's going to mm. get you back home fastest. And I think there's a lot of value in that that wow. space that we don't give ourselves. Or, like, the, the traffic line, you know? Like, you just cut people off so you can get the closest to the stoplight, you know? Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Question, what's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? 
read a few chapters of that book, start painting that guest bedroom, tackle that pile of laundry, play a card game with your kids. A lot of us spending our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. If you're feeling stuck, therapy is something that can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is a wonderful thing. It can help you learn positive coping skills or show you how to navigate properly setting boundaries. With BetterHelp, it's easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and visit BetterHelp.com slash 1000 hours to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 1000 hours. When the skies open up while others seek shelter, I embrace the rain. Heading to my favorite hike, the raindrops are like a soothing melody and my vessies ensure each step is dry and comfortable, turning a simple outing into a rather delightful experience. Whenever my kids and I are stepping into a great outdoors adventure, I love wearing Vessi's Stormburst boots to capture the beauty of springtime landscapes. Their robust style is perfect for our nature excursions, adding a little dash of elegance to our outdoor explorations. This spring, transform how you view wet weather with Vessi. Their Dymatex technology makes their shoes not just waterproof, but a stylish barrier against rain and puddles. Whether it's a sudden downpour or a planned seaside walk, Vessi shoes ensure your feet stay dry and comfortable. Embrace the essence of spring with Vessi. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com outside and enjoy an automatic 15% off your first order upon checkout. That's V-E-S-S-I dot com outside for 15% off your first order. And Which is so interesting because it really tends to not work. It, I mean, you have that, those quick calculations in the grocery shopping line. Yeah. Like that person seems like they check out faster and this person has this many things in their cart and I'm going to pick that one. And then you always pick the wrong one. You sure. always go, <laughs> oh man. Or same with my mom has always said, I remember when we would drive and she'd have people would cut her off and she'd always say, look, we, we got to the stoplight the same mm-hmm. time. Now we're both stuck here. It doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. So those are really interesting examples that I think are sure. that happen on an everyday basis mm-hmm. that... And- yeah, and like what I would just out. add in a more relational level is like everyone knows that type of friend that you can just sit with in a car. Mm-hmm. They don't have to fill the silence with. Yeah. And then, of course, you have good conversations too. Like both things are good. But I think as a culture, we've moved really far from being able just to like be together yeah. and, and actually just be okay with the time to process thoughts, which comes from silence and solitude. And we sometimes we offer a little bit of stuff like that on our trips. But yeah. Um, I think that even just being out of like the hustle bustle of being yeah. around a bunch of other people on campus is a really cool part of our program. Something about backpacking kind of slows your mm-hmm. your soul down, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you have all these different types of trips that you offer, the canyoneering and these different things. And so what's the process of finding these types of places where you can take a group of people mm-hmm. and figuring out what that itinerary will look like? Yeah, so we actually create these things called emergency action plans. And basically, we're in contact with the school emergency board and all of that. And we set up a, a plan of what, what happens if things go wrong. Like, mm-hmm. we're really prepared. And I think our program does a good job of being highly organized with those yeah. things. And they kind of expect us to turn those in a few weeks prior to our trip. Wow. And so our managers are communicating with the parks 
and with our school about mm-hmm. what would happen, where we're supposed to be on certain days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we look into things like permitting um, for different parks that you need permits for, for groups, wow. and then like campsites. And yeah, we, we actually, every time we re-interview to be on the team again, we pitch a new trip as our interview. Oh, no way. And, and even That's one so of our, cool. our interview questions, I think I'm allowed to say this, is, is we ask them, if you were to like make a new exciting trip, what would you do to like mm-hmm. new, new uh, candidates? So. It well, is. that's how you have this whole broad. I mean, there were yeah. so many. I was really impressed because it's hard yeah. to figure out what to do. Totally. The first year we did this program, I think they went on a couple local hikes. Mm-hmm. And then they went on some massive hike that kind of went down downhill because they didn't really know what they were getting into. Mm-hmm. And since then, yeah, like it's highly organized now. And we... Um, uh, uh, we definitely repeat trips. Like we've actually added some trips that we were our favorites. Yeah, that's and, great. And people are doing. We're doing one in northern Arizona called mm-hmm. Black Canyon Canoeing, and we do it four times a year now wow. because it was like one of our like highest rated trips. We do like feedback on mm-hmm. every trip, and everyone was just like, "This was an awesome experience," yeah. you know. Wow. And so yeah, we we definitely try to cater the program to what the students are responding to. Wow. What an incredible program. Mm-hmm. It's only been around eight years. Yeah. And it's so robust and so solid and so well thought through. I would have never thought it's only been around eight years. I would have thought it's been around forever totally. because of the amount of things that you offer. So we've never done this before, but I think it's really cool for people to have a little bit of travel information. So sure. Phoenix is a place that, well, we're from Michigan. It's yeah. freezing. Yep. So a lot of people flee. Okay. Like in yeah. January, February, March, uh, just because they're kind of done with it. And so people tend to go to Florida, but Arizona mm-hmm. is another great spot that yeah, is warm. Absolutely. And so we've actually been swimming. Mm-hmm. We've been swimming while we're here. Everyone else is wearing like coats to their knees and we've been yeah. in the pool. So it's been awesome. So if you come from Michigan, it feels warm, it's super warm here. So tell us some cool things that you can do in Arizona and like the surrounding areas. Yeah. Um, well, the, there's the really the first question you want to ask is like, what kind of adventure you want to go on? If you want to mm-hmm. pull up to places, which is totally great, then places like Sedona are pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. Flagstaff has a lot of good options. I really like going north. I'm from Oregon too, you know, mm-hmm. so like the local mountains are great too in Phoenix. There's Camelback and Piestawa, um, North Mountain. So th- those ones are all like pretty doable. They, mm-hmm. they say they're ranked really hard, um, but if you take them slow, you can do them mm-hmm. and, and you get a cool view of the city. Yeah. Um, there's the Superstition Mountains are east of uh, Phoenix, and those ones have lots of good hike options. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're feeling more rugged for a camping site, like if your car can kind of handle it, there's a campsite called Edge of the World. In like it's in Flagstaff, looking over Sedona, and wow. it, it literally feels like you're on the edge of a of a cliff, you know. Like wow. and and it's probably my favorite spot out of all the places I've been, which is saying something, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, I definitely have really enjoyed those sunrises that I've seen mm-hmm. there and. Um, it is, it's a hard one to get to. Um, so there, that's just a few options. Of course, the Grand Canyon's a must see. And I'd actually say this is a hot take, but the North Rim is much better than the South Rim. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot longer to get to, uh, but okay. you get to be higher up and you get to look down at a different angle uh, mm-hmm. than like the main, the, the South Rim one's awesome. If you've never been to the Grand Canyon, it, it earns its name. Like you mm-hmm. feel very small. It is very grand. You feel very I small. I actually, we yeah. came, we came to visit friends that live here. Uh, four or five years ago, and it's the first time we came to Arizona. First time our kids came, mm-hmm. and it was actually their first time on an airplane. And so we came, and we went to the Grand Canyon, and I just didn't know. Yeah, I thought it was just right. going to be some big hole in the ground. And I was like, oh, this is very grand. You can see it from it the plane, too. It just goes forever. You know? yeah. It goes forever. Yeah. I was not expecting, and we saw cool animals, and yeah. we saw a tarantula. Oh, yeah. yeah You've seen a bear. Oh, yes, I have. You wanna t- can you tell us that story? Sure. I'll, I'll be quick about it. But um, so we, the program in, in Canada, uh, typically 
doesn't have any problems with bears. And the pandemic was the first time they'd ever had a gap in guides being up there every summer. Mm. And so that actually brought bears back into, like animals travel in the path of least resistance, right? Right. And so we were on trail and we started seeing bear poop and we were kind of like, yeah, I think they're going to hear us and be fine. And we were actually descending this trail. It was called a recon. We were like looking at this trail, kind of figuring out how we were going to guide it for the year. Mm-hmm. And so it was just five guides. Luckily, it would have traumatized some participants. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were descending. And we, and on the descent day, you definitely like spread out more. And you're kind of just thinking, you know, you're like processing the whole trip. You're kind of tired. Mm-hmm. And we were spread out way too far, like outside of what we should have been. Um, and there's actually, we had four guys and one girl. Our girl guide was way down in the front. <laughs> and uh, she, she turns up trail towards me and she looks like she saw a ghost. And uh, around the corner, she said there was a bear. And naturally, I did what we were trained to do, which was I started yelling mm-hmm. and uh, making lots of noise. And I poked my head around the corner to see if I had scared it off. Mm-hmm. And this bear like got up on its hind legs. And oh, wow, and Dylan. so black bears look like like dogs, right? But mm-hmm. this one was like a brown black bear, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a grizzly. We would have been toast if it was a grizzly. Wow! <laughs> but it got on its hind legs and actually roared, and then it started charging us. And oh. uh, I think it was probably a bull because they the bulls will actually charge you um, to scare you off, and when they get intimidated or frightened, because mm-hmm. we we snuck up on it on accident. Yeah. Um, and so it started charging us. We made noise for a while, and then I realized that it was it was coming to us, and so it closed in within about 20 feet. And at that point, I I just did I guess what natural instinct would have me do, and I just started running, which was useless, right? I'm like yeah. not gonna outrun a bear. Um, and I don't know, like I I still don't know how to explain it, but as we were running, our other guides started running down, and I think that it might have just seen enough uh, guides and like mm-hmm. been outnumbered enough where it just booked it off trail, and the trail was steep, so it was like it basically like hucked it itself off a cliff and I turned around and it, it like was just flying down and for like it was within a few feet so it was really wow. scary and yeah that and we didn't scary. actually have bear spray on at the time so okay uh, we started carrying it after that yeah yeah okay yeah sure sure that's a life wouldn't recommend I wouldn't recommend that though that was that yeah. was uh more than experience I I, th- I was expecting yeah yeah but then you learn you learn for the next time yeah and you were safe in that instance and on you go! Wow, very, wow that very was thankful. a big that was yeah. a big story. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be quite so. Uh, we we had a few that same week. A few people had encounters, but ours was by far the closest. And mm-hmm. especially my friend, um, she she was definitely um, she was the closest to being yeah. attacked. So she was really traumatized by that. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, definitely got to respect wilderness and, and respect right. like it's their home that we're going into. Yeah. And well, yeah, it was. It, and, and there it's are not safety problem, precautions that you can take, like you said. There's sure. bears. What did you call it? Bear spray. Bear spray. Yeah, which actually has its own problems too because it can misfire and stuff. But, okay. But really yeah. it's, yeah, I mean, the best thing you can do is keep your distance and then respect them. And mm-hmm. and with some of those trails, it was pretty hard to do that. Right. But I think we just spooked it from too close to it. So yes. it didn't, it got kind of into fight mode instead of flight mode. Right. And then luckily, for whatever reason, it, it left us, which yeah. I'm really thankful for. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what an experience. But you guys are um, so trained and that's a really neat thing. Mm-hmm on these trips, like you said, I mean, how often do you get to go on a trip with a guide anyway? And then sure. also someone that's trained with the wilderness response and all those mm-hmm. types of things. It's like, gosh, I wish I had that when I went with my kids. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, it, make, it makes you think, I think as a, as a mom or as a parent, that those would possibly be good mm-hmm. classes, things to take those types of certifications. Yeah, so, sure. so Dylan, if people are interested, 
in finding your program. Mm-hmm. I think that there people would be interested in finding your program for a couple reasons. One, that they attend here, yeah, obviously, or they're thinking of attending a college where they can get out and really make connections. And this yep. is such a great place. So that's a type of person. I think another type of person would be someone who's coming to visit the area. Sure. Yeah. And your trips give a lot of ideas. Like that yeah. canoeing one sounds fantastic. I'm already thinking, can anyone go to the Black Canyon canoeing trip? You know, oh, or yeah. can yeah, go you, canoe down there? Totally. And... We actually rent canoes from a company up there. And they, so you could totally do that yourself too. Wow. Yeah. yeah so someone yeah. could come and look and you have the salt water, whitewater rafting, salt yeah. river, whitewater rafting. I want to go on all these things. The Apache Lake. Oh, me too. <laughs> and you have a seniors trip and horseback riding. So it's a good place actually to find cool things to do. Mm-hmm. And so if people are interested in finding finding and I think other colleges right to see what a cool program you have and to learn how you're doing it yeah and really I was even thinking like groups of nature groups could mm-hmm. formulate a little place where people could so maybe someone could hold on to some different things people could borrow or yeah, sure. what a great idea the yeah. whole thing is such a fantastic idea so totally. people are interested in finding more where can they go Yeah. So for our program specifically, the main way that we communicate is we just try to communicate how people actually respond, which is Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so that's the main way that students find out about our stuff. And we like like we said, we have a lot of good media guides. And so it's it's really professionally done. It is. They they work really hard to make it. Um, like, yeah, even the verbiage, even the verbiage. I thought that was a whole thing. Like that is a whole set of skills to, Mm -hmm. to explain what the trip is and to, you know, have a paragraph of explanation of it's marketing. Yeah. Everything's really well thought out Mm -hmm. with that. And I actually know some of the people on our team came to GCU because of our program because the media guides really know that they have an influence. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say like, I've guided with people from other schools too. And as they've heard about what we're doing, they they have a lot of things that they like want to implement in their programs too. Wow. Um, so that's the main way is the Instagram account at GCU Outdirect. Um, yeah. And then also, yeah, if you are a student here, um, then we have an account called My Rec GCU, and basically we have a whole list of all of our trips and availability. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have trip like all of our guides. Part of our job is to write the descriptions, and yeah. so. You can see where you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and they're really well done. Yeah, The description's still totally. in and so clear. Yep. Like this, it says, like, you've never done this before, but this, you know, this is still for you or you're, you're excellent or a pro. You know, you, it's yeah. for anyone. And then it would explain the different, this one is more intense or sure. really yeah. well and, done. And that doesn't always hold people back. People are ready to try things. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of college students are ready to, to get yeah. in the deep end, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it's fantastic. There's so much that people can get out of that. So, Dylan, I really appreciate this. I have been uh, so thrilled to be here at GCU and Mm -hmm. to learn about your program. And um, Ethan is one of our guides. He spoke so highly of you. Mm -hmm. And so I so am thankful that you came and spent this time with us. We always end our podcast with the same question. Okay. And this is a good one because here you are in this outdoor adventure program, but you... uh, talked at the beginning just very briefly about how you didn't really grow up doing this this is a newer thing yeah so the question that we always end with is a favorite memory of yours from childhood that Ooh, was cool. outside yeah oh man that that could bring me bring me back let's see i i think i have to go with uh like sitting on beaches i was obsessed with like digging holes in the sand hmm. and um i think looking back and like now when i'm on beaches i i think part of it it's just like the simplicity yeah. of, of that, like the sound of waves and then just getting to like hang out. And I don't, I don't dig holes as often when I go to beaches now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd say that I have this one specific memory in, I think it was in Kauai and, uh, yeah, I just like would cover myself in sand and then I'd run in the ocean mm-hmm. and then I would come back and cover myself in sand 
And my parents basically had to drag me out of the beach to wow. to go for the day, but that's a good way to exhaust your kids. And, it is. And, it uh, is. And just that it's they're just pure occupied. Fun, right? Yeah. They're totally. occupied, and then everyone gets a little bit of respite, yeah. right? Because the kid is occupied and happy, and mm-hmm. the parent isn't having to cajole it all and to and to organize all the activities and yeah. it's really simplicity yeah. that um, matters to kids and matters to college students matters to yep. um, to all of us so thank you for your time it's yeah. really really cool and impactful what you're doing and I you can see through the culture here mm-hmm. that everyone is engaged with life mm-hmm. and you know like I said to not see everyone on their phones they're walking they're talking they're in relationship and mm-hmm. it's been really refreshing to see so yeah, Thank well, you. thanks for visiting our campus, and, and yeah, um, thanks for having me on the podcast. Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.